The Baltimore Ravens have had a pretty uneventful 2023 free agency up to this point. We take a look at a post-week one free agency mock draft Monday for the Baltimore Ravens and more coming up next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Ravens podcast, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire, and thank you so much for being here with us today and making Locked On Ravens your first listen of the day. Of course, we're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and we are free and available everywhere. Subscribe for free, follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get our latest episodes as soon as they're available on YouTube and audio form. It's the same show, both audio and video. So if you like the Ravens content five days per week, Monday through Friday. So any Ravens news, analysis, updates, we have the covers. So be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, like this video on YouTube, and also follow along in audio form. And today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your football franchise, this game is definitely for you to download the game. This is at ultimate-gm.com and look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game. And we're back. It is another week of Locked On Ravens, another week of free agency across the NFL. Now the legal tampering period started a week ago today at 12 p.m. Eastern time and the Ravens to this point at the time of this recording have not done a whole lot. They've resigned a couple of guys. They've seen a couple of guys leave for other opportunities. They've also cut Clay's Campbell, but they're just, there hasn't been a lot of activity for the Ravens. They are one of two teams at the time of this recording to not sign an outside free agent. And we'll talk about just what they have done, what they should do, who's still out there in free agency in the second segment. But I do want to dive into a post free agency mock draft. And it, it feels weird because it doesn't feel post free agency because the Ravens haven't done anything. <laughs> they haven't done anything really, but post one week free agency mock draft. So, I mean, really, as I do these mock drafts, I do it is the roster is at that very moment. And as of this very moment, roster hasn't changed a whole lot. Again, they've resigned a couple of guys, let a couple guys walk. So we'll do a full seven round Ravens mock draft that I put out for mock draft Sunday here today on mock draft Monday in the first segment, again, get into free agency. And the second segment, then on the final segment, get into mock drafts that we got on Twitter that were put under that Lockdown Ravens mock draft Sunday tweet. So let's first get into my mock draft here. And again, how I do these is I try to switch it up every week. I don't want to be talking about the same prospects, you know, same five guys each and every week. I want to switch it up for different content, different perspectives, and just different scenarios here. So round 122, I ended up taking Zay Flowers, the Boston College wide receiver. And again, as I kind of talked about, the needs for the Ravens now are still the needs from one week ago, and nothing's really changed in that. So wide receiver and corner still are the needs the Ravens absolutely need to address here. And when talking about Zay Flowers, he is one of those top wide receivers in this class. He stands at 5'10", around 172 pounds, and he he's someone who has – he's a tough guy, has a lot of toughness. He is very, very competitive as well. And he's someone who, if you get him into space, if you get him in the open field, he is electric. If you look up Zay Flowers highlight, Zay Flowers tape, you get him in the open field, you see him in the open field, he is zigzagging across the field, juking guys out, making guys miss, making them look silly. He's really, really good 
in the open field. Plus, you're able to get a lot of him out of all three levels in the short game, in the intermediate game. Also in the deep game, he can be a deep passing threat for you. And I mentioned that open field ability. Run after the catch for him is really, really good. Now, again, him standing at 5'10", 172, not the biggest guy in the world. So he's not a big receiver. Also, there have been a few inconsistencies with hands and with drops. And I know Ravens fans don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it either when I'm looking at wide receiver prospects. But I think that is correctable. Also, in the run game, he's not much of a factor. He just he doesn't have enough strength there. But his athleticism, I think, is worth for the Ravens to take a swing on a guy who can contribute early. It's not like he's not going to be able to contribute. He can come in there next to Rashad Bateman, next to a Devin DuVernay, hopefully next to uh, whatever veteran wide receiver hopefully the Ravens bring in, whether that is uh, DeAndre Hopkins or uh, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Odell Beckham, DJ Chark, or some of the guys still available at the time of this recording. I think Flowers could be an option for them. You're looking at some of these top receivers right now is Quentin Johnston and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison. Zay Flowers is probably that fourth guy right now. There are a lot of good options, but I think if you're talking about pure first-round receivers, and a couple of guys could sneak in there, right? Jalen Hyatt maybe at the end of the first round. I, I wouldn't take him at 22, but I would be fine with any of the four guys I just listed in Johnston, Smith, and Jigba, and, and Flowers, and Addison. Those four guys at 22 – I'd be completely content with. So moving on here to the Ravens, no second round pick for them, obviously. So third round pick 86, Garrett Williams, Syracuse corner is the selection. Now Williams stands at six feet, 190 pounds. And he's a guy that excels in zone coverage. And I think that's where his, his strengths lie. Now he's very physical. He's super aggressive. He's also very tough. So this is like a a toughness themed mock draft here. He's, he's super physical, very physical at the line, very aggressive. And, He's someone who gets downhill really aggressively and also plays through contact, finishes really, really well, and has the mindset to be really, really good at the next level in run support, which is something I know. Run defense, like Marlon Humphrey, very good in terms of physicality, very good run defender getting downhill and getting to the running back, you know, shedding off blockers. That's something Marlon Humphrey's really good at. You also have the same thing here with Garrett Williams now. For him, he did have an ACL injury in October, so he's still looking through that, obviously, only played in seven games during the 2022 season before that ACL happened to him, but he doesn't have a ton of long speed either. And when his back is at the football, he has a hard time adjusting. Like there aren't a lot of ball skills with him when his back is at the football where guys sometimes will be able to turn around and break up the pass and maybe even turn around and, and intercept the ball. Garrett Williams just doesn't have those natural instincts right now, which again, I think part of that is teachable part of it. You just have it or you don't, but for part of that, I think he can be taught, you know, turn the head around get your back away from the ball earlier. And to me, I think that is the key here for Garrett Williams. In the third round, I would not be mad with him whatsoever, especially you get the wide receiver corner combo there for me in rounds one and three with the first two picks. Then in round four, I had the Ravens double dip in the wide receiver pool. Jonathan Mingo, Ole Miss wide receiver. And this one, he's a super intriguing guy here. 6'2", 225. You love the athletic tools here. Terms of run after the catch ability as well. Also, is very, you know, has a lot of play strength and he's a playmaker. He is a very, very good playmaker. And for him, he's not a deep threat. You know, he's not someone who's going to absolutely blow the doors off of the back end of a defense and teams aren't going to be scared of him. But again, I don't think the Ravens really need that. Also, his route running needs to be improved at the next level. 
But once he has the ball in his hands, once he actually catches the football, he uses his strength to get off defensive backs. And he's, he's just a lot to bring down with his frame. Again, 6'2", 225 is no joke. And also, he catches the ball into his body. You know, a lot of people, I think, want to see him better be a better hands catcher you know can he catch the ball away from his body can he have that larger catch radius so those those are some of the weaknesses with Jonathan Mingo but again if, if you're taking a swing on him in the fourth round you've already addressed wide receiver once in corner once I'd be fine with taking maybe someone who's more of a project at this stage but could come in and contribute a bit more in the short term potentially then in round five 158 Kobe Turner, Wake Forest defensive line was my selection. Now, with the potential departure, I mean, he's not on the team anymore, but with the the potential departure of Clayus Campbell, depending on whether he comes back or not, I think the Ravens could invest in a defensive lineman here, for sure. You have Justin Matabike and Broderick Washington in the final years of their deals. Brent Urban's on a one-year deal. Michael Pierce, you know, he said he's going to retire after this three-year deal here, at least that's what I remember hearing. So that will be something to keep an eye on. So for me, the Ravens investing in a defensive lineman would not shock me whatsoever here now for Kobe Turner his strengths is he can work off of blockers really well and has really really powerful hands his his hands are very very good and his instincts in that area are really powerful for him to be able to get off of offensive linemen and get to the next level super high motor I mean this is a guy where if you watch his tape and you watch his film even if he's out of the play completely he still hustles. He runs to the ball, and that has actually gotten him a couple of turnovers where he's been able to come behind someone, punch the ball out, and get his offense the ball back. So that's something I really liked about him. And he's also he's, he's able to get lower than offensive linemen. He's able to use his leverage to his ability there, and he changes direction really well too. And he's physical. I mean, I think he is ready for the physicality of the NFL right now doesn't, you know, struggling to shed blockers is, is one of his weaknesses. Isn't super, super athletic either. And for him, you know, being able to kick truly inside on passing downs might be where the area is for him. But I think again, for a fifth round defensive line depth piece who you don't, you don't have to play immediately unless there are a, a ton of injuries. I think Kobe Turner would be worth a swing there. And then 199 round six, Tony Omafi, the guard from UCLA, was my pick. Now, the, the departure, the actual departure this time of Ben Powers does leave a hole in that offensive line. I don't think you need Antonio Mafi to start. You know, you're probably looking at Ben Cleveland, maybe a veteran, maybe a higher draft pick. But in terms of interior offensive line depth, he is someone that I like. You know, he has the power. He stands at 6'4", 355. So he is a massive guy. He's, he's, he's got the size. His anchor, you know, it, it's very hard to move him off of the line. He's a, he's a very physical player, not very mobile and, and still pretty raw. You know, it's going to be a, this is more of a project at this point, but that's what these later rounds are for. And the Ravens have had success developing some offensive linemen here over the course of their franchise history. Also has to work on some hand placement, but I think that is correctable. So I think I, I, I got a, I got a pretty solid deal here on this mock draft. Again, two wide receivers, a corner you're looking at a defensive lineman also offensive line depth in there too so adjust both lines wide receiver twice and corner I, I will call that a win for me pff gave me an a so I, I will take that a grade with flying colors here but coming up we talking a bit about how the ravens can continue their free agency and maybe be a bit more aggressive and maybe pass for agency 
maybe with flying colors here over the course of the next couple of days. So be sure to stay tuned. So lots to dive into on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. And you've heard me talk about this mobile game app. And if you ever thought you'd make a good GM, you have to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. And when you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons, lead your team to glory, through trying to build a historic dynasty. And there are so many things you can experience in Ultimate Football GM. And it really is a lot of fun because any good or bad decision you make, it, it can have consequences, good or bad consequences to your franchise. And once you download it, you don't even need any Wi-Fi to play it. And so you can play with your friends or your family and play it today because Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms. You also navigate your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging, realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is going to be free and playable offline, play on the go as you want. And when you want to, Locked On Ravens listeners, get a 100% free boost to their franchise using the promo code Locked On on all caps in the game store. That's Locked On on all caps. Make sure to check it out today. Down in the game, this is ultimate-gm.com. Or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. We return here. It's our second segment of Locked On Ravens here on Monday, 320. Kevin Ostriker. Still here with you. Thank you so much again for tuning in with us today on Locked on Ravens, making us your first listen. I, I always do appreciate the support here. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Follow along in audio form for free. No money involved. You can hit that subscribe button anywhere you get your podcast, including in video form for free. But let's not talk about the Ravens because it's free agency and we haven't really seen any movement. Not, not a lot of movement. From the Ravens only re-signings there again one of two teams at the time of this reporting to not sign an outside free agent just the Ravens and Jacksonville are in that category right now and, and when talking about what the Ravens have done they've re-signed Geno Stone they've re-signed Justice Hill they've re-signed Delshawn Phillips they did that on Sunday yesterday they've also brought back a, a couple of other players over the course you know Brent Urban was earlier and Daryl Worley was earlier but it hasn't been, there hasn't been a lot for them. I mean, they bring back Nick Moore, also the long snapper, but you know, they, they lose Ben Powers. They lose Josh Oliver. They, they move on from Clayus Campbell. Tristan Cologne goes to the Jets, the new, the New York Ravens, as people call it over there. So on paper, you look at that and the Ravens are currently a worse football team than they were at the start of free agency. And I think people are a little concerned about that because you look across, you know, we'll just talk about the AFC North right now. The, the Bengals have added Orlando Brown Jr. And they, they brought in Nick Scott from the Rams. And they've been able to kind of maneuver their offseason the way they've wanted to. After I know a lot of fans there were worried about, you know, they lost Jesse Bates and they lost Von Bell and they lost Hayden Hurst. And it still looks like they could create more cap space over there in Cincinnati. And the Ravens can do that, too. It's not like their offseason is completely sunk here. The Steelers. They go out there. They get really solid offensive line depth. They bring in Patrick Peterson as, as a corner because they lose Cam Sutton to the Lions. So they've been doing some stuff over there in Pittsburgh. They get Cole Holcomb as well, an, an inside linebacker who's a, a solid guy for them. Then Cleveland, Juan Thornhill, Dalvin Tomlinson, you know, all these players over there. And, you know, it's like the, each team in the AFC North has made somewhat of a big move. I mean, I think Orlando Brown's a big move for Cincinnati. Juan Thornhill, Dalvin Tomlinson for Cleveland. And then Patrick Peterson is, is a pretty solid move for Pittsburgh there. So then the Ravens, they, they just haven't done anything. And again, a lot of this just ties back to Lamar Jackson and everything that's going on with Lamar Jackson. And then speaking of Lamar Jackson, actually, he's going to do an exclusive interview. He teased it on Instagram over the weekend and everybody got super excited about it, where he's, he's doing an interview with himself and his production team 
And I, everybody started saying, oh, it's with himself. It's going to be, you know, him asking the questions and him answering the questions. And uh, EDC Burner made a funny picture. And I think Robert Griffin III retweeted it. Lamar did too of Lamar talking to Lamar. So shout out to EDC Burner for that one. That was a, that was a funny one. And it got a lot of traction over there too. And it'd be funny if that was how it was. Like it's almost like the decision style with LeBron where that's what I put out. I said, you know, this is what a lot of people, what I want for this interview, but th not – take the Miami part out. Lamar obviously left Cleveland to go to Miami. I don't want Lamar leaving Baltimore to go somewhere else. I hope it is my next chapter as I'm staying in Baltimore. You know, let's get, let's do this thing. Let's win a Super Bowl, this, that, and the other. But I, I, I doubt there's going to be a lot about the contract in there. Maybe there'll be a couple of questions, but I don't think this is going to be an interview where he announces anything. Maybe he says he's still working on something, you know, keeping all the options open. I don't know what it's going to be, but in the teaser, it was a question about his ability in pro style offense and, and, and learning stuff and terminologies. So it might just be more football on the field related questions, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if there are a couple things in there about the contract, but regardless, whoever's being the quarterback for the Ravens, whether it is Lamar or someone else in 2023, you got to get wide receivers in that room. You have Rashad Bateman. If you're the Ravens, you have Devin DuVernay as well. There have to be others though, you know, it's just a market that's drying up very quickly now. There wasn't a lot of movement. In fact, there was no movement on the first day. But now guys like Al Nazard and Jacoby Myers and now Adam Thielen, and even if you want to go a little bit further down, Mac Hollins and some of these other players are off the market. So realistic options for the Ravens, I think Odell could still be a possibility for them. I know that you know he wasn't very happy a team offered him $4 million. There have been reports the Ravens are interested. So we'll see. I think I'm, I'm open to Odell, 100%. Not at $20 million, not at $20 million per season. But I think if you were to get Odell, maybe if, if he wants a longer-term deal, three years, $28 million, three years, $30 million, I'd, I'd be okay with that. You know, $10 million per season, $9 million per season. Wouldn't be opposed to that When DJ Chark is someone who I've kind of penciled as a, a realistic option for them. He's still available. The, the rumors are Carolina's looking to sign both Thielen, who they got, and DJ Chark. I, I, I like DJ Chark a lot. I think even dating back to Jacksonville, dating back to LSU, second-round pick out of LSU, I think Chark would be a fit in Baltimore. He's someone I would definitely not be opposed. You know, you also look to the trade market with guys like DeAndre Hopkins. And look, the way the trade market's going for wide receivers right now, it's it's – not likely DeAndre Hopkins is going to fetch that first round or that second round. I wouldn't be shocked if it was a third and a fourth, like the Anquan Bolden package we saw all those years ago. And Bolden was in Arizona at that time. Could the Raven again, the Arizona wide receiver connection, kind of the veteran, could DeAndre Hopkins be that next guy for them? It'd be pretty cool. The Ravens also reportedly bring in Rocky Asin, the Las Vegas Raiders, former Las Vegas Raiders cornerback uh, over the weekend. And he's someone who very physical, not a very high turnover guy. Like he's not going to pick off 10 passes a season, but he's solid, solid overall guy was the Raiders CB2 last year. I talked to someone who was involved, you know, with covering the Raiders. And he said, he's just, he's solid, not going to get you a ton of turnovers, but physical. He's a former wrestler and can get the job done. So I think that would be the Marcus Peters signing if it were to happen. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to Marcus Peters coming in, coming back to Baltimore. Now he's an Oakland guy. Speaking of you know Las Vegas, Oakland Raiders, but I think for Peters' familiarity with the system, Rocky has seen is just a little younger. He, he's younger than Marcus Peters. Probably has a bit more in the tank. But you have to be you have to be certain if you're the Ravens that it would be an upgrade. You know that, that if bringing in a Rocky has seen is the upgrade that you need. 
and you know, you're able to rely on him. You, you have to be sure of that and then he fits your system. So we'll see if that has any legs here over the course of the next couple of days. But to me, spending money on a corner right now, that's not Marcus Peters. I mean, a lot of these guys have gone off the market. I think that, you know, he, he's probably the only other guy besides Marcus Peters I might spend a couple of a couple of million on per year there. But now it's just a matter of, of can the Ravens become aggressive? How aggressive can they be? And all eyes are still on Lamar. That's what it all comes down to, right? It's Lamar, 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 Lamar until it happens. And you might be saying, Kevin, Kevin, just how how can the Ravens save their, you know, we talked about it on Friday. How can they save their free agency? Because guys are going off the board left and right. The Lamar situation still hasn't been resolved. And I say that there is still a path. There is still a path to the Ravens having a good offseason. It involves a Lamar extension. It involves a DeAndre Hopkins trade. It involves the Ravens re-signing Marcus Peters, drafting a star corner at 22. The plan that I put out, getting the depth along the edges, you can still have that plan if you're the Ravens. That that plan has not been completely stomped out yet. Like you're you're still able to have that. And even if it's not the guys that well, the Lamar extension has to be Lamar, but it might it might be other guys trading for a star wide receiver, signing a solid cornerback. You can still have that. Free agency is just a week up right now. It's only been a week. There are still players out there. But again, as I mentioned, as long as this Lamar situation drags out for as long as it does, it, it just hinders the Ravens and their ability to spend this offseason with that 32.4 million cap it, which I'll once again put out the number. It's 14.5% of their total cap. So we'll see what they do here over the course of these next couple of days. Hopefully a signing. I'm on a live stream again. That's fun. I, I like getting engaged with the chat. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, for big signings, big news, we, we do live streams here on Locked on Ravens. And I'm, I'm able to engage with the chat. And we haven't had that over the course of this past week because they haven't signed anybody. So I, I want to have that. And hopefully just for the Ravens' sake, for improving the roster, they, they do something along those lines. But coming up in our final segment, we'll be talking about mock drafts that we got from Twitter. So be sure to stay tuned. Still lots to dive into on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And the tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers got a no sweat first, but up to $1,000. Let's bonus best back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Thank you about it. anything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. And for me, my tournament hopes were uh, dashed very early. I picked Purdue to win the whole thing. And if you're keeping up with the tournament, you know what happened to Purdue. They lost to the 16 seed FDU, and that was my bracket this year. That was it. So for me, I've also picked Kansas in the finals. That did not work out. So three days, I had three of the four final four teams out. But the Nuggets won. Nuggets won against the Brooklyn Nets. So Nicole Yoko Triple W, you, you're eating well. If you bet that on FanDuel. And they have so many, so many more exclusive bets like the 2 by 3 which is two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel, even though you can buy your bets for a chance to pick up power with the same game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your nose back first. But it's $1,000 of bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more FanDuel and official sports betting partner of the NBA. We return here. It's our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker is still here with you on this Monday. And we're going to dive into mock drafts from Twitter here again. We, we put out a mock draft Sunday, every Sunday, and we do that. That's the mock draft I did in the first segment here. And I quote tweeted on the Locked On Ravens account. And I say, if you want to put your mock drafts below to be talked about on our shows throughout the week, you know, be sure to do that. So under the Locked On Ravens tweet, we got a ton of responses here. I'm going to be looking at the ones that I see first here today. And so first we'll get into one here from Dylan Diggs, who says I double dipped at wide receiver, but at this point we might need it. So 
Round one, pick 22, Jordan Addison, USC wide receiver, is the selection. Tank Dell, Houston wide receiver, is the pick at 86. Corian Bennett, Maryland corner at 125. Yazir Abdullah, Louisville edge at 158. Stenson Bennett, Georgia quarterback at 199. I like the double dip Jordan Addison, Tank Dell. Two wide receivers on the smaller side. You're not getting that big-bodied guy if you go Addison Dell, but two very good playmakers. And, you know, the Ravens, I do, I do think, need a big-bodied guy, but if you can get that, in you know a DeAndre Hopkins or someone in free agency slash trade, I think I'd I'd totally be cool with this. And then Jacorian Bennett is a guy where maybe if you know you bring back a Marcus Peters, you can bring in a Jacorian Bennett as well to be able to you know not maybe contribute a ton right away, but I think it's solid here. Then Nizir Abdullah is one of the guys I really like. He's one of my guys in the draft here in 2023, so I like that pick. And Stenson Bennett again, the Todd Munkin connection. Almost feels inevitable. He's going to get taken by the Ravens, but this is a this is an intriguing one here by Dylan in terms of getting the smaller wide receivers, leaving corner off the board till the fourth round, and then again adding Stenson Bennett there is always intriguing for sure. Next, let's get into one here from Tyler G, who has the Ravens taking Jordan Addison, wide receiver from USC at number twenty-two. Garrett Williams, Syracuse corner, eighty-six. Isaiah McGuire, Missouri edge at one twenty-five. Jacorian Bennett, Maryland corner at. 158 and Dylan Horton TCU edge at 199. So Jordan Addison again. This is double dipping at corner though. You have Garrett Williams and Jacorian Bennett plus Jordan Addison there. The edge position too. I'd say a sneaky need for the Ravens. You know they have Odafe Owe, they have David Ajabo, Tyus Bowser. Other than that though, are they bringing back Justin Houston? Are they bringing in somebody else? That's the key question here. So edge, I wouldn't be shocked if the Ravens take a mid-round edge player. And this is actually, you know, Tyler double dips here, two edge. I'd probably go only one. Maybe I'd use the other pick on another wide receiver or defensive lineman or a running back or something like that. But I like Addison and, and Williams, that one-two punch there. Squarian Bennett, getting him in the fifth round would be amazing. I think he's probably going to be a third-round player at this point based off his combine. But you, you take what the mock draft simulator gives you here and Tyler does just that next year we have one from kiran patel who has the ravens taking brian branch alabama safety defensive back at 22 tyler scott cincinnati wide receiver at 86 jacorian bennett maryland corner at 158 and then the ravens get 179 here they get deandre hopkins at 179 for a fourth and the fourth 125 overall a third in 2024 and a fourth in 2024 that's a that's solid. I'd say that's a solid trade for Hopkins. I'd do that personally. You get a sixth round back there too. So 179, Luke Hager, the Indiana tackle is the pick. And O'Shawn Mathis, the Nebraska edge, is the pick at 199. So in this scenario, you're getting a wide out in DeAndre Hopkins. You're getting an all-around. I think Ravens Twitter, Ravens fans would lose their mind if the Ravens took two safeties with their first picks in back-to-back years. Brian Branch is more of an offensive back than a safety. He can play all over the field. But again, the point remains where wide receiver, I like Brian Ban- Branch a lot. Like as a prospect, I really, 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 really like Brian Branch, but he doesn't fill an immediate need for them, whereas a wide receiver or corner would. Now you can essentially potentially say, yeah, well, the Ravens are getting, let's say DeAndre Hopkins is their first round pick. And then they get another one in Brian Branch. And then Tyler Scott, who's who's intriguing. Although corner is left pretty bare here with Corey and Bennett. So like I said with the last one, maybe you're signing a Marcus Peters or Rakyasin or something like that to be able to fill that void. But it's interesting. It's an interesting class here with in terms of some of these versatile options. Brian Branch is definitely one of those guys. 
So this is a solid mock draft. I, I think Brian Branch, I wouldn't be as mad as some people with Brian Branch, but I do understand like corner here would be pretty left out to dry, which Corey and Bennett is the only guy. But Brian Branch can play a little bit everywhere, so I do understand the vision. Then let's do one here from Gabe Iacovone, who says this would be if the Colts sign Lamar off the tag and then the Ravens get two first. So Lamar gets traded to the Colts, the fourth overall pick in a round one in 2024. Anthony Richardson, the Florida quarterback, is the pick at number four. Then the Ravens trade down from 22 here, give that to Jacksonville for 24 and 88. That, I, to move down two spots, that's good value. Deontay Banks, Maryland corner at 24. Carl Brooks, Bowling Green edge at 88. Jonathan Mingo, Mississippi wide receiver at 125. Kobe Turner, defensive lineman from Wake Forest at 158. And Antonio Mafi, UCLA guard at 199. And then you might be wondering, well, what happened to 86? 86 got traded for Jerry Judy. <laughs> so, this, okay, you got Anthony Richardson and Jerry Judy as your combo for the future. Rashad Bateman there. Deontay Banks is your first round stud corner. Jonathan Mingo, yeah, that's a project. Actually, Mingo, Turner, Mafi were my three at the end of that mock draft. So I like that vision from Gabe here. And this is this is a good one. I, I like this one. You're getting the two picks for Lamar, so you have the round one in 2024. And, yeah, I'd, I'd say a solid overall draft here because you're getting the quarterback of what hopefully is a quarterback of the future, stud corner. Jerry Judy, who's still a very young wide receiver and I think can do a lot for this team. Yeah, I, th I think this is a really good one here from Gabe. And then finally we'll do one here from Nicholas, who says the Munkin special. All right, we have Deontay Banks, Maryland corner at 22. Jamie Robertson, the Florida State safety at 97. The Ravens trade 86 for 97, 118, and 234. Jonathan Mingo, Mississippi wide receiver at 118. Moro Jomo, the Texas defensive lineman at 125. Azir Abdullah, Louisville edge at 158. Stenson Bennett, Georgia quarterbacks, the Munkin special at 199. And Jerome Carvin, the Tennessee guard at 234. So Deontay Banks is stud corner here. The interesting thing here is not having a wide receiver to 118 in Jonathan Mingo. So Hopefully in this case, it's a DeAndre Hopkins trade or a Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton or something like that. Because taking two defensive backs in the first two picks here might be a little controversial to some people here. But then other than that, you know, you get wide receiver at 118 with Mingo, who's, a, a, I think, a very good project. Good upside, good upside guy there. Then you get defensive line, edge, quarterback and guard which again, depth around the edges on the defensive line, on the offensive line, and obviously a potential quarterback there for Tom Munkin with his Munkin special. So good mock draft here from Nicholas. Again, I don't, I might switch, you know, positionally wide receiver at 97 and then safety at 118. But th that's just me just because I would want to have that position short up. I, I think for me, Fourth round is the absolute like max round I would have a wide receiver. Mingo is a fourth rounder, but preferably I'd have that you know corner wide receiver duo taken in those first two picks there, especially if there's no trade on top. So that's all I have for you here today on Lockdown Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in today again. Thank you so much, and be sure to like this video, subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form for free. When we get back here tomorrow, it's more Ravens talk from us. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.